This
ग Good morning. Good morning. This is Good morning, Wanda. everyone. Good morning, Ms. Wanda. Ms. Barbara. Yes. Good morning. Yes. Yes. Good morning, Yvonne. Happy Monday. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Declared Victory. Happy Monday. Good morning. This is JC. Happy Monday, Barbara. Good morning, JC. Happy Monday. Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Good morning, it's Susie. Good morning, Susie. Happy Monday. Good, Good morning, morning. It's to pretty, you. Pretty. Happy Monday. Good morning, Pretty. Happy Monday. Hey, good morning. It is Moxie. Happy Monday. And it's so good to hear your sound, Susie. You sound better. God be praised. Glory be God. Good morning, Moxie. Happy Monday. Good to hear your sound. Good morning, victorious people. It's Krishanda. Happy Monday. God bless you. Good morning, Krishanda. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Love you. Love you more. Good morning, Sister Lisa. Happy Monday. God bless everyone on the call. Hey, hey, have a great day. Good morning, Sister Lisa. Hey, hey, happy Monday. Thank you. Good morning, it's Brother Michael. Good morning, Brother Michael. Good to hear you sound. Likewise, happy Monday. Good morning, Miss Lee. Good morning to Clear Victory. It's Rochelle. Happy magnificent Monday. You go, yes. Miss Lee. <laughs> happy magnificent Monday. Good morning, Mr. Leomia. Happy Monday to you. Good morning, Ms. Leona. Happy Monday. Thank you. Anyone else? Good morning. Good morning. This is Leomia's daughter. <laughs> Good morning, Ms. Barbara. It's Good Gloria. morning, Ms. Daughter. <laughs> Anyone else want to say good morning? Any other fellas out there? Good morning. Welcome to Declared Victory. Happy Monday. Anyone else want to say good morning? We got a couple of more minutes. Good morning. This is Juanita. Happy Monday. Good morning, Juanita. Happy Monday. Good 
Good morning. Anyone else want to say good morning? Well, happy Monday. Good morning. Happy Monday. Good morning. Happy Monday. Who's that? If they're not speaking, Mr. B, um, ask them if they would mute. If they would do what? Oh, if they're not speaking, yes. If you're not saying good morning this morning, could you put your phone on mute? The call is being recorded, and we want to keep the continuity so when others listen to it later, everything is clear. Anyone else want to say good morning before I start? Yes, good morning. This is Mary. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Good morning. It's persistent. Good morning, persistent. Good to hear your voice. Before I move forward, I would like to ask you all to put your phones on mute so you're asked to take it off of mute. Praise the Lord, all nations. Sing his praises, all people. For his mercy towards us is great, and the truth of the Lord is everlasting. Praise the Lord. That was Psalms 117. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Barbara Cockerell, better known as Mrs. B. I'm your host for today. Thank you for joining us on Declared Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Be sure to continue tuning in with us for the last couple of days in January. You know, January is almost gone. Our monthly theme has been seed, time, and harvest. And have we learned so much? The declarers will focus on fertile ground as that is where we get all of our nourishment as we are joining through this Christian life. Make sure you invite a friend so they can be blessed too. There is one announcement for today. Please join us tonight and every Monday night for Marriage Matters, for married couples and married hopefuls. You can call into the same phone number tonight from 6.30 to 7.30 Pacific Standard Time, 8.30 to 9.30 Central Standard Time, 9.30 to 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, And you will be happy that you did. You will be blessed. There were no prayer requests that I saw on the app, but we can always continue to pray for Susie, Yvonne, Sister Lisa had asked for prayer for the Keys family and Brother Charles. Um, We always can pray for our nation. And we need to pray for that family of the young man that was 
um, beaten up by all those police officers. We need to pray for our, our police department and our our um, people that are supposed to be protecting us and in charge of us. The order of the call is prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Gloria. The decoration will be brought by Pastor Lavelle. Then we will go right into closing comments, hosted by the declarer. The order of the call is as follows. Prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Gloria. The decoration will be brought by Pastor Lavelle. Then we will go right into closing comments, hosted by the declarer. The scripture for today is Psalms 85, 11 through 13. The Lord will indeed give what is good and our land will yield its harvest. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, I ask you to please put your phones on mute until instructed to take them off of mute. I now pass the call to the prayer warrior. May we all have a blessed day. Let us go before the throne of grace. Abba Father, good morning. Thank you, God, for blessing us to be able to join together in corporate prayer today. Thank you, Father, first of all, for blessing us to be alive. God, thank you for the gift of life and joy and hope and strength, oh God. Father, we just thank you that you said we're two or three joined together, that that you would be in the midst, God. So we come acknowledging that you're here your present, we're in your presence, oh Abba, and we just bless your holy name. We thank you for the opportunity to come together around your presence, Lord God, to come into your presence and to give you praise, honor, and glory. We thank you, Father God, for the gift of declare victory, for the blessedness it is to the lives, Lord God, that are able to call in. And Father, I thank you for each person that's on this line this morning that's called in, Lord God, to hear a word of encouragement, Lord God, that those that will maybe come to know you today, Lord God, thank you for each one. And Father, we just I just ask you in the name of Jesus that you would have your way. Father, we ask forgiveness of sins, anything we said, done, or thought that's not been pleasing to you, that's contrary to your word and your will, your purpose and plan for our lives. Forgive us, wash us clean and white as snow with the blood of Jesus. Purify our thoughts, our motives, the meditation and incident of our heart. Help us by the power of your Holy Spirit to honor you in all things. And Father, we just bless your name and thank you for forgiveness. We thank you for the blood of the lamb that was shed for us, Lord God. And because Jesus has shed his blood and you've given us the right to eternal life and the right and the power to become the sons and daughters of God, We thank you for the fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit in our lives this morning. God, I thank you, my Cararobo Sunday, for every family that's represented on this line, God. I thank you, Lord God, for every person that has a prayer request, Lord God, any that were unspoken, Lord God, and Father, those that were spoken. God, I thank you for Susie. I thank you for Yvonne, Lord God. I thank you for the Heath family, God. I thank you for making a way out of nowhere. I ask you to meet each one in their point of need, Lord God. Give comfort where comfort is needed. Give strength where strength is needed. Thank you for strength and healing, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that according to your word, you were wounded for our transgressions. 
you were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you, and by your stripes we are healed. So, God, we declare your healing. We declare your strength. We declare your comfort. We declare your power in the mighty name of Jesus that we are, as the body of Christ, equipped to go forward and do what you called us to do. Father, we ask you to bless marriages, Lord God. Father God, bless those that are preparing themselves to be married. And we we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would be the cord that binds them together, Lord God, that your wisdom and revelation and insight, Lord God, will be the core and the foundation of their marriage, Lord God. Father God, that you would give grace, Lord God, in the areas that need to be healed and delivered. And Lord God, that you would give wisdom and insight and revelation to husbands and wives on how you've joined the union together in order that would glorify your name. Bless every mother and father that's on the line, Lord God, every grandparent, Lord God. Lord God, bless our children and our grandchildren, Father. You know every situation, Lord God. Anyone uh, that has grandchildren or children that are going through being bullied, Lord God, we ask, Father, that you would give divine insight, Lord God, that you would give favor, Lord God, and you would deliver them from the bullying situation, Lord God. And not only the bully, the one being bullied, Lord God, but you would heal and deliver the one that is doing the bill the bullying, Father God. God, we thank you for our young people, our coworkers, everyone you've connected us to. Lord God, that we recognize that you've given us the opportunity to declare your name, Lord God, to, to call forth the kingdom of this world to be the kingdom of our Lord and our Christ, that you've made us ministers of reconciliation, Lord God. So Father, have your way in the name of Jesus. Thank you for every encounter you allow us to have, Lord God. Thank you for every pastor and every teacher and every leader, Lord God. Father God, for the fivefold ministry, Lord God, that you have blessed in the ecclesia, the body of Christ. Lord God, I thank you for strengthening leaders in the name of Jesus. I thank you for you supplying needs in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you for you giving comfort, Lord God. And Lord God, just have your way. Father, we pray for our nation, Lord God. We pray for all the first responders and the police, God, that you would be glorified. We know, God, that you have people in every arena. So, God, we ask you in the name of Jesus to just be exalted, be magnified. And those that you put in place, that you will protect them and give them confidence and courage to speak for what you have to say, Lord God, to speak your wisdom into the ears of those that you sent them to, the leaders, and then give the leaders courage to say yes to you, Lord God, and no to the ways of man and flesh, God. Father, have your way in Jesus' name. And so, Father God, we bless your name, Lord God. And Father, we acknowledge that you're in control of everything, God. We ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would have your way. Father God, I thank you, Lord God, that you've given us this venue, Lord God, where we can give your name to praise and come together corporately to glorify and magnify you, Lord God. So thank you for Pastor Lavelle, who will bring the declaration. Thank you for Miss Barbara, who welcomed, Lord God. And Father God, thank you for us being able now, as we prepare ourselves to come together in corporate worship, Lord God, that we come with the first, give you the first fruit of worship in our day, this day, God. So thank you for everyone that as they take their phones off mute, they first acknowledge, take a breath, acknowledge that they're standing in the presence of God and speaking to the holy God and speak your word and give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. So take your phones off mute. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, God, yeah, we Thank you. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. So, Father, we thank you for this opportunity of prayer and thanksgiving. And, Father, we thank you for Pastor Lavelle and the words that you have said through him, Lord. Use them to your glory. In Jesus' holy name, we do pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Pastor Lavelle. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Can y'all hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Okay. I want to play a song. Listen. Oh, see, 
it, it is stated that runners describe the feeling of a second win as one of increased confidence. And they're suggesting that the second win is improved performance of less strenuous breathing, which is to say that second win kicks in when you're feeling overwhelmed and when you're feeling fatigued. They're, they're suggesting that one issue they say about the second win is that you never know when to expect it. Matter of fact, uh, Bill Morgan of Chattanooga Track Club, who's the former president, he says that, that a second win is something that you feel in your tank. It, it's, it's a confidence between your end and your energy that restores you, and it restores your restoration. And when you're almost ready to give up, that second win kicks in and make you feel like you can finish. For somebody here on Declare Victory this morning, uh, the journey has been long. It's It's been tough. It's It's been rough for you. And God has been sending you little minor miracles to let you know that even though you're suffering, he's still sparing you. Because the reality is the race could have taken you out. And no matter how long you've been running, some of you still got a long way to run. And, and God is saying through this declaration this morning that I'm going to give you something before you get to the finish that's going to help you finish. And, and so God shows us that you're in your almost chapters because Job gets weak around chapter 38 and he starts questioning God. And God, before he gives him a second win, he answers him in a whirlwind. Because in chapter 38, before God gives him his second win, he answers him in a whirlwind because Job decides that he's going to cross-examine God. But God flips the script and he says, before you put me on the witness stand, God says, let me put you on the witness stand. And you, 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 you want to ask me, Job, where was I when you were suffering? But Job, I want to ask you, where were you when I stepped out on nothing, spoke through the mic of time and said, let there be, and worlds started to twirl? Job, where were you when I put the squirm and the worm? Where were you when I put the meow and the cat the bark and the dog, the laugh and the hyena? Where were you, Job, when I put the speed and the cheetah? Where were you when I taught the fish how to swim, the kangaroo how to hop? Where were you when I put calcium in the milk and protein in the meat? Where were you when I put the sun 93 million miles from Earth? If I had brought it one inch closer, you'll burn to death. If I put it one inch further, you'd freeze to death. Where were you, Job, when I allowed the moon to shine as the Queen Esther of the night to shine as a yellow jackal of glory, like laying on black velvet? Where were you, Job, when I placed the stars in their silver socket? Where were you? He says, you want to ask me about me, but I want to ask you about you. And the reason that God doesn't really punish Job uh, right now for questioning him, it's all because he knew what Job didn't know, that the storm was just about over. And for somebody here this morning on Declared Victory, you need to understand that God gives you a word of encouragement in seed time and harvest because you've been suffering a long time. And sometimes you can find yourself getting a little weak and, and, and you're about to mess up your faith. You're about to mess up your foundation. You're about to mess up all the stuff that you've come through because you're getting weak because the job has been a long time. And, and I'm talking to somebody on this line today uh, that you're, you're trying to understand the very book of Job. And you need to understand that most of us think that the book of Job is about God prospering him. 
But the book of Job is more than just about God prospering Job. It's more than just about this man's pain and problems. But the book of Job is about purpose because God has purpose behind every moment of pain that he allows us to go through in our life. And the good news about all of what you've been going through is that you ought to thank God that though no one else knows uh, what you've gone through and what you've been through, the Lord knows the purpose behind what he's permitting in your life. And, and you really ought to look at yourself and, 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 and say to yourself, God knows the purpose behind my pain. Because it, it, it's not just about perseverance. It was not just about prosperity. But it was about purpose. And so what happens is when you look at the very name of Job, um, though these are poetic expressions, the very name of Job means hated. And, and with everything that Job endures, you would think that somebody is, has Job on his hate list. But, but I want to suggest to you today, child of God, that God's primary theological question and the thesis of Job's book is why do good people suffer? And there are some of you that are listening to me right now. You're saying, Pastor Jones, I'm, I'm not as bad as some other people. I mean, I don't, I don't do some of that other stuff that, that they do. I don't do what Pookie and Ray Ray and Shaquita them do. Um, and, and so, Pastor Jones, why do I suffer so much? Just when I think I got life together, just when I got my religious act together, just when I'm coming to church, just when I'm, I'm, I'm giving him praise and I'm giving him worship, I'm, I'm back on the usher's ministry, I'm, I'm a deaconess, I'm, I'm in the mission. Uh, uh, Pastor, I come on declared victory every morning. And Pastor, I'm trying to do the best that I can that all of a sudden all hell breaks loose in my life. And not only when I think I got it all together, but then I suffer like Job and his triangular triad of thinkers suggest to him, Elphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, they suggest, they say, listen, man, you're not all that holy. It must be some secret sin that's in your life because nobody can say that they're a servant and suffer like that. Have you ever met people in your life, uh, my brothers and sisters, when, when you were in your season of suffering, they start trying to trace your trouble. They start trying to trace your situations in your life. And so they begin to question, yeah, you were doing all that shouting, but yeah, you, 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 you got all that suffering going on. Yeah, you was doing all that dancing in church. You was doing all that praising. You was doing all that clapping. You was doing all that speaking in tongues. But, but you're also doing all that suffering. It must be some sin because nobody can be that holy and catch that much hell. But can I help you out today, child of God? You need to know that it was not about discipline. It was not about punishing him for any wrongdoing. Job thought it was about destruction. Elihu thought it was about direction. But God said, no, this is a demonstration because I not only develop you by delivering you, but sometimes I've developed you by giving you a demonstration of not only what I can give you when the sun is shining, but God says, I've learned that I can teach you how to keep you when storms are even raging in your life. Because you got to understand that when you look at what God is doing, Job needed some spiritual insight. He learned that the chasm between God and man left no place for self-sufficiency. 
But you need to understand that a fresh wind is going to come right where you are, my brothers and sisters. It's your seed time and harvest. And if you're going to survive by that second wind, I, I know that whatever has happened to you uh, in, in, in your life lately, it knocked the wind out of your sail. But God sent you to this place today. God sent you on declared victory today. It was no accident that you showed up on the line today. There are some people who don't know uh, what you've been going through, but God sent you here on this line today just for me to give you confirmation that a second wind is on its way. You, you, you ought to look at yourself and touch yourself and say, I'm getting ready to hold on through this drama. And they really uh, don't know about the pain that you've been suffering, but that second wind is going to validate all the hell that you've been catching, all uh, uh, that you've been going through. But, but you've you got to hang in there just a little while longer. And so, and so as, I, as I start this declaration, I want to talk to three crowds on the line today. I want to talk to three crowds, and when I get to the third crowd, you'll know that I'm at the end of my declaration, so I don't have to keep telling y'all I'm nearly through, okay? So the first crowd I want to talk to is those that are losing. The second crowd I want to talk to is those that want it back, and the third crowd I want to talk to is those who know it's going to be better because of what you lost. I said I want to talk to three crowds, those that are losing, then I want to talk to those who want it back, and and, and then I want to talk to the, the third crowd who knows it's going to be better when all of this is over. So the first thing I want to throw at you that this text shows me today, if you're going to get your second win, the first thing you have to do, and you need to write this down, the first thing you have to do is you have to patiently suffer affliction. You have to patiently suffer affliction. Now, let me drop this off on on you for free. You don't have to pay for patience because you don't have a choice. You don't have to pray for patience because you don't have a choice. It, it's the chapters. It's chapters later for Job. It's, it's been a long road, 40-some chapters. Job's doing what's right, but he's experiencing what's wrong. And most of us think that God wants to set up some type of uh, a juridical arrangement, which literally means every time I do something right, God's got to bless me. But no, it don't work like that because you can be doing what's right, and he'll still permit some burdens to come in your life. You need to understand, child of God, it's been 40-some chapters for Job. How long has it been for you? But you're saying, man, I got to patiently suffer this thing? Yes. Even though, number one, you, 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 you're divinely described because in chapter one, verses seven through eight, God was the one that said, this man fears me. He, he shuns the very presence of evil. He, he's perfect. He, he's an upright man. God was the one who blessed him with seven sons and three daughters, which was a sign of Hebrew favor. God was the one that blessed him with 7,000 sheep. That was wool for clothing, 3,000 camels. That was for transportation, 500 oxen. That was for plowing, 500 she asses. That was for reproduction. This was God that blessed him. But not only did God bless him, but it was God who also altered the blueprint. Because the text says, and I'm reading it, that Satan shows up to a staff meeting that God called. He was using this moment for angelic accountability. The angels were coming to give a report of their stewardship. And all of a sudden, before he started the meeting, he said, Satan, what are you doing here? Satan said, God, you know what I'm doing here. He said, I'm going uh, uh, to and fro up and down on the earth trying to find somebody I can devour. Satan tells the truth, but he didn't tell the whole truth. But God shows him, I'm the one. I know everything. He said, you're not just seeking those who you can devour. You got a number one person on your hit list, 
and you've been wanting him for a long time. Your heart, in the original language, your heart has been set on Job. He said, well, matter of fact, God, since you brought him up, he said, I've been trying to get him, but you know what my problem is, God. Every time I come at him, I ran into you. And y'all, while y'all sitting there listening to me this morning in your bed, in your chair, on your job, wherever you may be right now, listen to me right now, you would have encountered some hell that would have caused you to lose your life, let alone your mind, if it wasn't for the hand in the hedge of God protecting you, and he wouldn't let Satan have his way. I'm going to give you a minute just to go ahead. I'm going to wait on y'all to go ahead and shout right there on that part, because I'll shout by myself right there, because there's a whole lot of stuff that could have happened, that would have happened, if it wasn't for every time Satan came at me, God was in his way. You see, you shout about what you know, uh, what God has been protecting, but I got a greater level of sense of worship in my life because I'm shouting today for some stuff that God could have let happen in my life, but he didn't let happen, that I didn't know nothing about. But, but, but the enemy had to confess, I would have if it wasn't for God. Wow, you ought to say to yourself, you just don't know how good God is because there's a whole lot of stuff that did, that did happen, but I'm shouting about what didn't happen. He, he says, I wanted him. He says, I went at him. He said, but every time I tried, he said, you got a hedge around him. But if you move that hedge, I'll make him curse you to your face and die. <laughs> and God said, <laughs> you don't know Job like that. Satan said, this is nothing but a sunshine, sunshine saint, saint, because if you do for me what you've done for him, I'll be like that too. He said, but let me move his stuff. And Satan has that same indictment today because he thinks that you'll shout. He thinks that because you, the way you lift your hands, the way you dance, the way that you praise God and your stewardship, he thinks that your spiritually and your seriousness, your spirituality and your seriousness is only tied to God because of what God gives you. And he feels if you start losing stuff, you're going to turn your back on God. But is there anybody up in here in this room today that can speak for yourself and say, Satan is crazy? Do you think I'm going to turn my back on God just because I've lost some stuff? Do you think I'm going to give up on my church? I'm going to give up on my relationship with God because I've lost a few resources? Do you think I'm going to resign on God because of some stuff I lost? I'm going to hang in there even more. He says, the only reason that Job is connected to you is because of stuff. Let me take his stuff. And God said, you know what? He said, what I'm going to do, he says, I'm going to give you power, but I'm not going to give you all power. God shows him, number one, that he's omniscient. He knows all things because Satan only told him, I've been seeking to see who I can get. But God told him, no, you didn't tell the whole truth. He said, you've been having your mind on Job. And now he shows him that I'm omnipotent because I got all power. He says, the reason I'm going to show you that I got all power is because what I'm going to do, Satan, I'm going to give you limited power, touch his resources, but you can't touch his life. You see, if you don't have no other reason to give God praise this morning, the devil meant to get the car, but he couldn't get you. He meant to get the houses and the cash and all that other stuff, but he couldn't get you. You know why? Because the little footnote that's in the contract only allows Satan to go so far. Yeah, I said the footnote in the contract. God says touch their stuff, but don't touch their life because their life is in my hands. And so I'm going to give you just a minute to think about it. I'm going to give you a minute to go on and clap your hands and praise right where you are for some stuff that Satan took, but he just couldn't touch you. 
and, 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 and you can do that with a level of arrogance. You can do that with a level of pride. You can stick your chest out and say, and say, nah, 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 nah. You touch my car, but you can't touch me. You touch my family, but you can't touch me. You touch my job, but you can't touch me. Because I got somebody that not only got my back, but he's blocking for me. He said, don't put your hands on his soul. But wait, but wait, but wait, but wait. He says, he says, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get Job. I'm just trying to get y'all to chapter 42, y'all. The rest of the declaration is real short. He says, the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to mess with his flock. The Sabaeans took um, uh, 500 oxen and 500 she-asses, chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. Fire fell from heaven, consumed his sheep, uh, verse 16, chapter 1, verse 17, chapter 1. The Chaldeans took all the camels and runners come telling Job, all your stuff is gone. He says, that's all right. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the man of the name of the Lord. He didn't move when he lost his flock. He took that lane down. But when a sad runner came, because all 10 of his kids were at the elder brother's house, which when you check out uh, chapter 1, Job was worshiping in advance while the kids were drinking wine. Job was worshiping, worshiping because he didn't know what was going to come out of his kids' mouth. Read chapter 1 when you get time. Job was worshiping on the behalf of his kids because his kids were drinking wine, and wine will give you another spirit and, 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 and have you doing and saying some stuff that you don't need to do or say. But Job says, I'm going to worship, and while Job is having this worship session, session, then Mother Nature gets upset. Satan says, I'm going to take all ten of his kids out at one time, and all four corners of the house was hit by a strong wind. And a runner comes telling Job, the Bible says, then Job arose. Because you know why I declare victory? Because Satan says, I think I got it now. But Satan just don't know. There are some things that you touch in my life that's going to push me to stand up. And you see, some folk, what you see, what some folks don't know is they keep pushing you and pushing at you and pushing at you, but the stuff they're taking from you, it really don't matter. But there's always something in your life when you put your hands on that's going to make me stand up. <laughs> you ought to touch yourself and say, I feel like standing now. Then not only that, when he stands up, he hit his flock, he hit his family. But in chapter 2, the devil jumps in his wife. She, she becomes an advocate for Satan. Watch this. She says the same thing. She starts talking the satanic talk. She says, listen, man, we've lost everything. And you still around here talking about integrity with God? Why don't you just go on and curse God and die? He looks up at her and says, baby. Obviously, you don't know that you only have two sentences in 42 chapters, because after chapter two, and after that little brief verse, and after he straightens her out, she don't have anything else to do with Job. And so can I suggest to you, declared victory, that maybe your problem is that you're taking people into chapter 42 that was meant to stay in chapter two. You're giving people a whole chapter and a whole book that's only meant to have two verses. It's time to cut some people off. Don't take old people in a new chapter. It's time to cut some people, uh, some stuff, uh, some stuff off. It's time to let some people go. Don't give them a whole chapter, y'all. You're taking folk in, in, in 2023 that you should have left in 2022. Because watch this. His flock is gone. His family is gone. Job chapter 2, verse 7, boils break out from the crown of his head uh, to the soles of his feet. Everything is gone. And now he has opened chapters. His three friends, they just look at him and shake their heads. Seven days of silence, don't say nothing. And when they finally open their mouth, they say, man, you've been a religious hypocrite. Forty-some chapters, patiently suffered affliction. Forty-some chapters is all gone. But this is where I want to park in chapter 42. I, I finally made it there. That's the first crowd. 
I want to talk to you. You lost some stuff. You lost some stuff. Yes. You lost some stuff. I've lost some stuff. Everybody on this line has lost some stuff. We had to patiently take it. But now I want to talk to the crowd that wants it back. Because when you look at chapter 42, verse 9 and 10, it shows us when and how he gets it back. Because most people just shout that God gave him double for his trouble. True. But you have to back up and see when and how did he get double for his trouble. Because number one, you got to patiently suffer affliction. But number two, you got to prayerfully sponsor your antagonist. In other words, those that hurt you the most, those that dislike you the most, those that beat you down the most, you got to sponsor them when they try and stab you. See, I knew I was going to lose y'all right there because don't nobody want to shout right there because your mode of thinking, if you cuss me, I'm cussing you. If you hit me, I'm liable to take your head off. If you stab me, I'm going to stab you. If you lie on me, chances are I'm going to lie on you. If you backbite on me, I'm going to backbite on you. If you ditch dig me, dig a ditch for me, I'm going to dig one for you. But no, when you got a real, not when you got a real relationship with God, because Job looks at how long God has been keeping him without that stuff. Job is in chapter 42. He says, I bet not mess up now because look at how, 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 how Job has been empowered. Look at verse 9, chapter 42. So Elphaz, the Temanite, Bildad, the Shuite, and Zophar, the Nemanite, went and did according as the Lord commanded them. The Lord also accepted Job. Now, when you back up to verse 8, he says, now you, got, you, you, you go to Job and you take him an offering. And Job is going to pray for you, which ought to be your prayer, because if he prays for you, I'm going to accept you. But if Job rejects you, then I'm going to deal with you after your folly. You see, when people hurt you to clear victory, they just don't know that their blessing may be tied to how you feel in chapter 42. You still don't have it? Okay, let's back up. Let's read it again. Because people don't know the favor that's really on your life. The text says, and I'm reading it, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed. That word prayed is palau in the Hebrew, which literally means to intercede. It means to intervene. It literally means to interpose. You see, what you've got to understand, while they're fake, they need your favor. That, that's what the cross was all about, because when Jesus was dying on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They didn't ask for it, but he extended it. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, because they were operating on a level of ignorance, and they were not as intelligent because they were nailing hands. They just didn't know whose hands. They were nailing feet, but they just didn't know whose feet. They put a spear in his side, but they didn't know whose side. They put a crown on his head, but they didn't know who head, because people, people hurt you because they don't have your true identity. Because if they knew the power that you had, if they really knew the value that's in your life, if they really knew the signature that's on your life, they wouldn't treat you the way they've been treating you. But watch what Job does. Job says, I'm going to treat you like a friend when you've treated me like an enemy. See, you're not ready to get your stuff back until you get rid of your enemy list and start treating your enemies like your friends. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I'm, I'm listening. I hear you. I hear you saying, Pastor. I hear you saying, Pastor. Uh, if I let it go, if I let them get past this, if I let them get around this, then it's going to be like they walking over me, and I'm not going to let anybody walk over me, Pastor. I hear you saying what you're saying, Pastor, but I ain't going to let them walk over me. Well, that's satanic talk because when God's got your back, he'll use your enemies as your ushers. You see, releasing them will release you. And maybe your stuff is tied up because you got somebody else tied up. 
I told you all a few weeks ago, y'all remember my declaration, uh, L-I-G, you need to let that go. Now, now, when I started this earlier, when I started this declaration earlier, uh, I said, uh, y'all said y'all want it back. But now y'all done shut down on me. And, and, and it ain't because I'm, I'm, my declaration is too long. It's because you got some people in your heart and in your mind that you say, I don't care what he say because I ain't going to show no sign of weakness because I plan to get him back. But no, that ain't the way you got to think because if God has been keeping you like this, if God has been blessing you like this, you don't have time to stoop to their level. Because when you treat them like an enemy, God has got to treat you the same. But when you learn how how to treat your enemy like a friend. You got to sponsor your antagonist. You got to learn how to cover those that left you uncovered. You got to learn how to protect those who left you unprotected. Every hurt relationship, God was using it to push you forward. Everybody that stepped on you, God was using them to push you forward. Satan was behind it, but God says, I'm covered. Ah, don't you know God is saying, I'm showing you how much power you have? You've come too far to be better. bitter. It's affecting you. It's affecting your relationship with man. It's affecting your church relationship. It's affecting your productivity in church because you're so bitter now. You're so hurt now. Your heart is so hard. Your mind is so concrete. It's mixed up. Mixed up. But now it's now, but 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 it's set now. You you you've got to understand that you got to get in there and break all that stuff up. You got you 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 get that stuff out of you because you're acting as another person and a, and a person with power don't have to keep saying it. A person with power don't use it in a negative way. A person with power uh, says, "I'm gonna wait on you because you'll be back. I know you left me. I know you did me wrong, but you'll be back. And when you get back, my prayer is what you need." And so my question is. Is there anybody anybody on the line that knows that your prayer life has got to be greater than the pressure than the enemy put on you? You ought to touch yourself one time and say, my prayer life is greater than the pain they caused me. My prayer life is greater than the enemies that I got in my life. They just don't know my prayer. And I just need a few people on the line that just don't understand and, and, and they, they want to know why you're still treating uh, me nice out of all I put you through, out of all I've done to you, because it ain't about you. It shows me that Christ deals with me the way I deal with you. And so my prayer life has got to be great. And so today, if you go out and start sponsoring those that hurt you, the most God is saying, sponsor some people. Every time you see them, you roll in your eyes. Every time you see them, they come down one aisle at church and you try and skip to another aisle. Every time you see them, you use energy to make sure you don't speak to them. But no, that's what I was on that level. But now that I'm on a brand new level, is there anybody on the line here that can say I'm on a brand new level? Huh? Next time you get to church, you ought to look at the folks on your row and say, you know what, this is the let it go row. Yes, it is. This is the let it go row. We got to let this thing go because my second win is up for grabs. It's almost over. Don't mess up. Acting like your enemy sponsored them. You got some family. You need to let them go. You've been holding this stuff for 20 years. And can I help you out? The reality is sometimes God won't let them be there for you because in some instances, your life, it's made for you to go through isolation so you can get confirmation. Some stuff God permits you. God won't let them answer the phone. God won't let them come to your rescue. And you've got to learn how to let some people go. It's not that important because in the end, before you get your prosperity, before you get your harvest, he has to look at your prayer.
Now, if I patiently suffer affliction, I'm prayerfully sponsor my antagonist. What else do you have to tell me, Pastor? It's in verse 10 and 11. You're going to be processed for sovereign advancement. Let me rewind that tape. You're going to be processed for sovereign advancement. Because you know what God is doing? While you're praying, God is setting the lineup. Now, you remember chapters earlier, Job said, my kinfolk failed me. But in verse 11, God sent his kinfolk to line up to bless him. Then comes his brother and all his sisters and those that have been his acquaintance before. You see, God will not send people that's ready for you until you get ready for them yourself. Sometimes God takes people from you because you're not on the level to receive them yet. Look at what he says, and I'm out of here. And then those that were loyal came to him, not just his loved ones, those who were loyal, and then the Lord blessed him. The Lord said, listen, I've got this thing so strategically set up. All you got to do is hang in there. Because remember, in Job chapter 1, I just added, chapter 1, Satan subtracted. But in chapter 42, God says, I'm going to multiply. Y'all didn't get that? Okay, let's look at it again. Verse 10, the Lord turned, and that word turn in the Hebrew literally means to restore, to repair, to refresh. I don't know why some of y'all ain't tore up the line and started shouting. In other words, when God gets me to the chapter he wants me to be in, he's not only going to restore, but he's going to repair me. You know what that really means? You know how we say it. I don't look like what I've been through. See, that's where we need it to be. I don't look like what I've been through. You know why? Because he has repaired me so that I don't look like my last chapter, but I look like this brand new book that God is writing on my life. Where are my people, y'all? And I guess I'll close it right here. Because can you say to yourself, I don't look like what I've been through because God repaired me? That's why you can't tell what I've been through, some stuff, because God repaired me so. You ought to look at yourself and say, I've been repaired. Touch yourself one more time and say, God repaired me. He's repaired my mind. He's repaired my heart. He's repaired my spirit. He's repaired my body. He's repaired my life. I don't look like my pain. Some of you are looking for some man to do it. You're looking for some woman to do it. You're looking for the fineries of life to do it. You're looking for the pastor to do it. You're looking for your church to do it, declare victory to do it. But no, that ain't going to happen like that. God is saying that if you allow me to turn this thing around for you, he said, I'm going to restore what you lost. But I'm also going to repair you because I don't want you to, I don't want to give you new stuff and you're acting like a hurt person. Because some of you are in a new relationship, but you brought the hurts from your past relationship. And now you're wondering why the new relationships look like your old one, because you didn't get rid of the old stuff. He says, let me repair you. Even if you got to squeeze your own hand right now, Say to yourself, this is what it feels like to be repaired. Tell yourself, he's not just working on everybody else, but he's working on me. He's not just getting everybody else's life together, but he's getting my life together. He's not just blessing everybody else's kids. He's just he's blessing my kids. He's not just blessing everybody else's job, but he's blessing my job. He's not just multiplying everybody else, but he's multiplying me. Come on, you ought to hold your own hand as a sign of contact that God is working on me right now, and this thing is getting better, and I can see the sun shining. Just think about it. Think it over. Because the reason the pain has been so great is because he repairs you. Watch what the Bible says. I'm quitting. He turned the captivity. And that word in the Hebrew means the former state of prosperity. In other words, God said, Satan took it. 
but I took it from Satan and I put it in my celestial vault. He says, because when, when, when you put it in and I put it in my vault, it has been drawing 42 chapters of interest. And God sent me here to tell somebody, he just put your stuff in a vault. And when you get it back, it's coming back with interest. In other words, you're going to get double for everything you went through. Is there anybody here that ever lost one car and you messed around and got two cars? Is there anybody here that ever lost an apartment and God blessed you with, with a house? Is there anybody here lost a job and God blessed you with a career? That's, that just went into a vault and came out with interest. And you ought to tell somebody, he'll just give you interest because God will give you double for your trouble. Oh, I know it's been a long time, and I know in 2022 and the beginning of 2023 is rough, but God sent me here to tell you, if you can just hold out a little while longer, he said that deliverance will surely come to your address. And I came to tell somebody that he may not come, but I declare that I've lived long enough to tell you God will show up in a nick of time. And so that's, that's how I've learned how to tell all my enemies, so to speak, that if you just allow me to suffer, the Lord is going to give me a season of success. And I've come to tell somebody this morning that all sunshine and no rain will always make your life a desert. But I want to tell you that when God gets ready to advance you, he's not going to check with your family. He's not going to check with your friends. He's going to sit around. He's not going to sit around with a board and ask, can I bless him or her? But somebody here ought to thank God that when God gets ready to bless you, it's a sovereign move. Wow. And say to yourself, it's the Lord's decision to bless me like I'm blessed right now. You ought to tell yourself, when the Lord makes his decision, that I'll make my decision. And my decision is that I'm going to praise him while I have a chance. Because the Bible says that Job blessed the Lord. And I just want to tell you one more thing, that in every chapter that you're in, you got to learn how to bless the Lord. I know it's been a long time. I know you 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 got uh, got to get some chapters of praises because the more you praise him, it's just adding interest in your vault. Is there anybody here, you made up your mind that you're not going to be an empty sufferer but when I look at Job's life, Job will tell you he gave me seven more sons, three more daughters. Is there anybody here know that God is a restoring God? Wow. I've got to leave y'all. He got 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, and got 1,000 oxen, 1,000 she ass. And I just want to tell you that the best is yet to come. I need a witness to agree on this phone in the spirit to just hold yourself, grab yourself and say the best is yet to come. You ought to really hold yourself and say the best is yet to come. But how do you know, Joe? Because I've been where you are, and everybody can't take what I've been taking and look this good. And is there anybody on this line that say, I look good for what I've been through? It's not the clothes, it's not the hairdo, it's not the shoes, it's not the car that I drive, but it's the Lord. May God bless you. May God keep you. I'm sorry I held y'all so long. Please mute your line if you're not speaking. Um, um, if anyone want to say good morning, now's your time. Good morning. I'm sorry I held y'all so long, but it got good to me. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Diane. Hey, Lady Di. Hey, Lily Bear. Anyone else? Good, good morning. Good morning. This is Prosperous Pam. That was a wonderful word. Have a blessed day. Good morning, Pastor Le- Missy. Awesome. As usual. Hey, hey, that's my member right there. 
Anyone else? Good morning. Good morning, Pastor LaBelle. It's me, Mary. Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord Jesus. Mary, you don't answer your phone. I ain't calling you no more. Didn't you just say, let it go? Okay. No. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Anyone else? Good morning. Good morning. It's Krishanda. Amazing declaration. God bless you, man of God. Good morning, Pastor LaBelle. This is the NAB beautiful declaration. Thank you so much. Amen. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Good morning, Pastor LaBelle. This is Jubilee Juliet. That was an awesome message this morning. Thank you, Ju. Anyone else? What up, bro? It was all right. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> you know what? I'm not mad because we beat Dallas. You know how I roll. You know I don't care. I bet Maddie was happy. <laughs> I bet he was happy. All right. Okay. All right. Let's jump into the declaration of uh, the uh, love, life, and victory. Any aha moments, any comments, any questions? Now's your time. Good morning, Pastor Lavelle. It's Rochelle. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing Bible so well. Uh, I got sorry. your text. <laughs> you didn't respond, but anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you for um, just reminding us that the hope of the second win, that part right there, that it's 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 never over until he says it's over. So that hope right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, sir. Blessings, blessings. Okay, let me... Uh, Oh, were you going to say something to Rochelle? Uh-uh. Okay, I wanted to say, oh, such a good share. I agree. Um, and I always love when we discuss Job, right, and what Job went through. But it's always, it always baffles me because Mrs. Job, she kind of gets thrown under the bus. But can you imagine losing 10 kids? Those are her kids, too. So I did a study when I was in biblical counseling. I thought about it. It's like, when you go through so much devastation like that, and back then, this is the Old Testament, they didn't have therapy, they didn't have clear victory, she didn't have prayer warriors around her to help her deal with the mental anguish that she too went through. But to your point, sometimes people around you, whether it's family, whomever, because we don't always um, process stuff the same, right? So like Job went through what he went through. And like with you, you've lost, a lot of us have lost children. I lost a baby. And mentally, I went through some things, but I don't look like it. If I don't tell my story, don't nobody know that. Same with you. So we have to also remember that when people go through things, sometimes maybe not leave them behind, but pray for them and hope that they too will heal really from the inside out. So they too won't be just walking around, you know, with holes in their soul and just looking like they got it all together. Because there's a lot of people, bro, and you know that, that are preaching, singing, all of that, but they're not healed. There's a hole in their soul. So, I mean, you said a lot this morning, but when you were talking about Job and his process and losing everything, sometimes people don't recover mentally, spiritually, emotionally. So I just wanted to say that, and I love you, and I'm so just grateful for who you are in my life. Wow, praise God. Thank you, Didi. That is awesome. You're so right. So right. 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 Anyone else? Good good morning. This is Prosperous. I had to um y'all I had to go way across the uh, country to call <laughs> to call in. I hadn't called in I did a few days ago, but um uh I came in towards the end, Pastor Lavelle, but when you were sharing about what you've been through and I mean I we all like Didi said, but when she, 
if you meant when you, I must have mentioned, missed the part when you talked about Job, and even in all the things I've been through in life, but praise God, He's got me through them all. Um, I used to think to myself, I never even shared it, even on the call. Well, Job only went through his thing for nine months. I don't know why I would always say that. I would be so frustrated sometimes. And I know God even it blesses me in the frustration. I'm okay with doing, not always just being frustrated with him, but just being real. And um, I used to think that, but I see, oh, God, what he's done in my life just in a span of a year. Um, he's just amazing. So just praise him, praise him, and just have a blessed day, everyone. All right. Anyone else? Pastor Lavelle, this is uh, Priscilla. Um, Hi, Priscilla. Hey, I just want to say thank you for um, um, speaking to me this morning about where I am in my life, uh, letting me know that Second Wind is here, Mm. putting it into a proper perspective. Um, talking, you're just talking my script, I guess, talking where I am right now. Um, as the Lord revealed to you, for those who are going through the second wind to hang on, um, acknowledging where you are right now, starting off the new year, and it ain't starting off the way everyone says it's supposed to start off. I just appreciate uh, this entire declaration. So, and um, words of wisdom and acknowledgement of um, the situation and the truth. I just don't know what else to say other than I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I was on this morning and I'm one of those that got sent to hear this this morning. So I sincerely appreciate you and your declaration. Very great. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. You have to patiently suffer affliction, prayerfully sponsor your antagonist, and then be processed for sovereign advancement. That's heavy, y'all. That's heavy. Can I get a witness? Somebody say amen. Amen. I worked on that thing. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, uh, all right. Anyone else? Come on. Hey, Pastor Lavelle. This is glorious, glory. Good morning, sir. God hey, bless glow, you. Glow. Hey, appreciate the word. Appreciate. I'm grateful to God for you um, giving us Bible this morning. And the thing I thought I was thinking about as you were going about the second wind. Years ago, I used to run, <laughs> and and in running, I used to run five miles a day. And the second wind, when it hit. It would take me by surprise. Like you said, you feel like you I'm, I'm I'm almost out. I don't have much left. And it kicked in and it takes you into a like a overdrive. And that's the way God does it. Just like he did with Job, brought him he gave him more than he bargained for, but in the process he had to have a talking to with him. So I, I appreciate the talking to God does with us when we don't necessarily have all the facts and we don't know what we're talking about. And he has to reveal himself to us. So God bless you. Thank you so much. I'm going back on Some, this. Sometimes every child needs a good talking to. 
and every child needs a good talking to. So yeah, yeah. Even us as 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 grown folks, we need a good talking to sometimes. All right. Anyone else? Come on. Now's your time. Y'all quiet. I know I was alone, but y'all quiet. Is there anybody on the line feel like their second win is kicking in because you were ready to give up? You were ready to throw in the towel? Hey, Pastor Lavelle, this is Wanda. Thank you for your declaration. Hi. I don't think I was ready to give in the towel, but um, I'm dealing with everything that you talked about as far as somebody hurting me and lying on me and uh you know it's it's at work and so i've had to be the bigger person and smile and pray for them but on the other side of me saying that i was praying for them and that i wish them well i really was saying something else bad like i want to you know what um, so I wasn't, I'm not full heartedly wishing them well, um, which is what you talked about. I, I, I don't know how to do that. I'm just going to be honest. If you hurt me, I want to hurt you back. You know, um, if you do something to me, I want to do something back to you. I, I, I'm not at that level yet, uh, um, in my walk with God, but I'm working on it. And so, um, I know that me holding animosity or me harboring any feelings or, you know, uh, allowing the devil to rent space in my head or that person is not doing me any good. So um, it's better if I just turn it over to God Um, because I I just want peace. You know what I mean? Um, And and God worked it out anyway. I I talked about this a couple of weeks ago and, they're moving me to a, a different place at my job so I can start fresh. And I guess that's my second win that you talked about. I started this morning at a new building with new people and a chance to get whatever right. So I'm I'm just really grateful. Um, and I love getting on the call and um, hearing exactly what I'm going through because um, to me that that's, God speaking to you through you to me. Um, so I'm just I'm just grateful, and I got some more hope to go about my day. And uh, Amen. Have a blessed day. Amen. 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 Yeah, you have to remember now how you treat people. God's gonna treat you. You got to be careful um, because your second win is up for grabs, and 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 you have to remember. You can't take that type of attitude, even though we're in a growth process, a growing process, uh, when we're a child of God, we have to be better. Because remember, we're examples to the rest of the world. The reason why folks can't get their children to come to church and their grandchildren to come to church because they see how they act. They see how raggedy you live your life and, and how you cuss and fuss and do all the stuff you do. How you going how, how to get them to get, come to church when, when they see you? 
and they don't want to follow you nowhere when they see the kind of life you live. I had to learn that, y'all. I had to check my progress. I had to check my life. I got two churches, and y'all, I'm I'm careful. Now, I, I used to be reckless. I ain't going to lie to you. I used to be reckless, but now I'm careful what I do, what I say, because people, everybody can't take the jokes that I tell. Everybody can't laugh like I, like I laugh and stuff, and I have to be careful who I do it with, even at work. Y'all, I have to be careful what I say, what I do, because they know I'm a preacher. They know I go to church and stuff. And some of them, people are, some people are looking for you to mess up to see, say, uh-huh, see, that's why I don't go to church. That's why, uh-huh, see, that's why I ain't going to come to your church and this and that, you know. You, you got to be careful. Uh-huh. You got to watch, guard your conduct everywhere you go. Yes, sir. All right. In, Thank in, you. Bless you. Hey, Anyone else? Hey. Hey, so thank you. I didn't even realize that my second wind is now because you know, you know a lot of my stuff. And for me, it's been grief, right? Because I've lost right. so, so, so many people. I'm here this last week, three people close to me. So it's like, Lord Jesus, like as soon as I feel like I can breathe, here comes something else. You know what I'm saying? And so. And I know you know, understand that. So when that comes and you have to go to that place where he can um, give you that win. So you're not, for me, sliding down the wall or even when you say saying the wrong things. Because even sometimes when that happens, we say the wrong, we say stuff we shouldn't say. And so I'm learning to not say anything, right? And that's not always good, but that's how I'm processing it because you can't take back what you say. So you have to be mindful when you're hurting, upset, angry, whatever it is going through, sometimes quiet is best to go somewhere and sit down and not say a thing. Because I know you were talking about, um, uh, what did you say, have your enemies. When you, you know that when people stab you want to stab them back and just like Wanda was saying, that's me. If you do something to me, I, well, let me not, let me not say that's me. That's who I was. Cause I'm against you, but now it's not even worth it. It's like I have to love you, choose to love you, but I don't have to have you in my space. Those those are healthy boundaries that keep you right, mentally right. sane, if that makes sense. So I just yeah. wanted to to touch on that part of it because sometimes we don't talk about the the heart part. You know what I mean? It's the posture of the heart. So you can talk well, you can speak all the 66 books in the Bible. You can, you know what I'm saying? But what what's going on in that heart? What's really going on? Didi, I'm glad you said that because at my Stockton church, I haven't had a raise in two years. I haven't, uh, I haven't asked for anything, and so they decided that they wanted to give me a raise. And you know, you know, in in average churches, you got boards and stuff. Now, let me say it like this: there was a member whose family member was sick, and um, they said, Pastor, you need to get to Sacramento because they don't want to turn the machine off until you get here so you can pray and be with the family and this and that. So I did everything that I was supposed to do with the family, watch the member take her last breath, counsel with the family all week, um, um, uh, buried uh, uh, the loved one and all of that. And the very next week, the same family member that asked me to do all of this was the one that said, no, I can't vote for his raise. I can't support him getting a raise. Do you know how you talk about take the wind out of you? Do you know how how, how difficult that was? And 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 when I see her and in church, 
and I still have to call her because I know she and I are bereavement and say, hey, this is pastor. Just call to say, I love you. You okay? When, when, when there's a difference, y'all, y'all need to know there's a difference between Lavelle and Pastor Jones. Pastor Jones will pay, pray for you, but Lavelle cuss sometimes. Can I, can I be real? Oh, y'all don't want to talk to me now. L- L- Lavelle say stuff that he shouldn't say sometimes. And sometimes, yes, I get in my humanness when I know I should not, and, and we're all a work in progress, and I'm not making no excuses. And y'all, while y'all quiet, there's a sister and a brother, somebody, and a, and a you, so don't y'all look at me like that. Uh, uh, because there, some of y'all cussed this morning. Some of y'all cussed yesterday on Sunday. I can't get no help. Okay, I quit. Pastor Lavelle, hello, somebody. <laughs> you would want to deal with Pastor Jones. Yeah, you would want to deal with mm-hmm. Pastor Jones and not Lavelle. But the heart is that you know. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I'll wait. Thanks. Good morning, everybody. I'm Yolandra. Thank you, Pastor Lavelle, for your uh, declaration this morning. It was full. It was really full. Um, I like the way you broke it down and the way you pulled out the um, humanity part and the way you just related it because, you know, it's not an excuse. It's like for me, we always need to strive toward what God has called us to do. Uh, I don't believe that God calls us to be perfect. Um, He knows that we're we're not perfect, but I believe he he also um, expects us to strive toward you know, being good stewards and um, being example of his words. Um, the topic this month has been seed time um, and harvest. And I was thinking as you were declaring, um, how can I relate seed time and harvest as your declaration? And what came to me was that Job was so, uh, how should I say, he was so devout in his relationship with God, right? Even when he started questioning, even when the humanity uh, came up and he was, you know, getting kind of angry, maybe perhaps getting on the whoa, 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 why is me boat, right? Um, the fact that he was able to weather the storm um, was because of the seeds that he had planted, like, uh, way back in chapter one or before the chapter was even written uh, about his life, right? If I'm making any sense, right? And so I am, um, I mean, like there's so much to what you talked about. Wanted to talk about uh, working on forgiveness and like wholeheartedly, you know, working on forgiveness. And, you know, I have traces of unforgiveness in, in my life. Um, particularly in one particular area, and I believe that if there is, if I can't forgive, then God won't forgive me. So I really want to forgive, but sometimes, Pastor, it's like people say, let it go. People say, you know, da-da-da-da-da, but sometimes I, I, I ask, how do you really do that? You know, it's like I pray for these people, you know, 
I pray for their situation. I pray, I pray, I ask God, I seek, and and sometimes just the mere mention of their name, <laughs> you're like, oh God, I'm not through it yet, right? And so, um, I guess what I'm trying to say, Pastor, is like we always give, you know, uh, cliches or uh, suggestions about what to do, but what I want to know is how. Do you really, how do you do that, right? Well, number, how do number, you do that? Number one, you have to give it to the Lord. When he says, cast your cares upon me, for I care for you, that means throw them on him. you got to stop letting folks park on your mind that ain't paying you no rent. I get that part, but how? They, they come I, to your mind without your permission, right? So I cast it, I give it to God. So, I mean, is it, I have to re, continually repeat? I mean, it's like. Can I say, I, can I, can I, can I say something? Please. If you don't yep. mind. Let her. Um, this is Pop. Oh. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Pam. Um, Yolanda, you were saying what I was wanted to even share to um, Wanda, and I'm sharing this because I live it too. I'm not, you know, I've experienced it. But I, that's why I really have to say, God, help me. You know, that, that I, I understand that scripture, cast your care. Like, all I need to do is cast it, and I'm good. And I don't know how to do that. I, I, have, I ask God. I, I have to go in quiet and be like, God, help me do that. Help me, please. Help me um, clean out. Because I have someone I'm thinking of right now who she was a former manager who I'm not done with those traces. Like, I always think, what would I do if I were to see her? And I don't want to have any of that so i have to keep asking god clean my heart out give me a clean heart show me what i don't know in this situation show me how to cast my cares um unto you and he's done it in many cases with people that i've like turned around and like love um you know show me that way only way i know how to suggest that yolanda and i was going to just say to um wanda to the key um what you were talking about is the fact that you acknowledge it is the main thing that you you know want to get them back and then just keep going in deeper with god and silence because people can help for uh, like with some things but some things you just got to go to god in quiet by yourself and ask them okay i'm done thank you yolanda yolanda listen um uh, Didi and almost everybody that knows the undeclared victory knows this. Uh, when my son was killed, when my son was killed on New Year's Eve, and I, I, um, I buried him uh, 11, 12 days later. Um, as soon as I buried him, the church that I pastored um, called a meeting to have me removed. As soon as I buried my son, they called a meeting. The same people that I had been there for, the same people that I had loved, the same people that I've been to their house, they've been to my house. I done buried their loved ones. I done stayed up late, stayed up late, cried when they cried. Um, I, I've been to, there for them in every imaginable way, as a pastor could. That that they told me they love me and that they care about me. These are the same people. That says we want him gone, and um, and uh, that hurt. That hurt, and I had to, I had to eat that, and I had to give that to God. And they got a new pastor after I went on and resigned some years later, and asked me 
why I got a phone call yesterday, asked me would I be willing to come back and take that church. You were the best pastor we ever had. Um, um, uh, would you consider? Uh, no, I'm not going to consider anything. No. Uh-uh. So one thing you have to do, when you say give it to God, you have to give it to God and let him take it from you. Because, yeah, there are some things that stay on our mind. There are some things that are hard to let go of. But when you have to – it's just like practicing your language of speaking in tongues. You, you have to practice giving that to God and stop, and stop letting it control you because when it controls your life, it controls you. And, 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 if, and if, Satan, if Satan can get your heart, he's got your man. And so we've got to learn how to really, really give that to God and learn. And it's a process. It don't happen overnight, but you have to, you have to, you have to patiently do it. You know, not, not, nothing just comes overnight. So it's a process. It is a process. And just know it's a process. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. All right. Pastor Lavelle. It is I. <laughs> this is persistent Priscilla again. First, I just want to say to you, thank you for your truth and um, your transparency. Um, and don't stop being you. Um, and I know you won't, but just a little word of encouragement. You know, you know, we're all imperfect. If you say words that we're not supposed to say as saints, God knows. And we have no heaven or hell to put you in. So I appreciate your transparency and your truth. It helps someone in their walk when we're completely honest about walking this out. Um, and I sincerely appreciate that. And then secondly, I just want to say I, too, struggled with forgiveness and and, and people coming up that have really done you wrong um, on many, many levels, whether it's a family member, a husband, it's nothing like being tossed in a, a trash can like you're trash. I don't want you anymore when you've, you know, gone down that road of vows and being a Christian and all of that and whatever you put in your mind. But nonetheless, I can say this, you know, God has helped me in his own way through the process of forgiveness. And only he can do it that's going to touch you to get you where you need to get to. Look, it, and, and it's going to happen. The enemy's going to tell you stuff. The enemy's going to make you believe that it can't happen. You're going to ask, oh, but how is this going to be? Just like Mary did when she found out she was pregnant and had no sex. How is this going to happen? You know, but it does. That's all I know is that one day, God showed me what hell was like. I read a testimony of someone who actually went to hell and thought they shouldn't, and they were saint, and God revived them. And when, I just, when he described hell, I, I, for so whatever reason, I wouldn't want anyone to go there. So for me, that was mine. That was my connection that got me to the forgiveness completely and holy. But who knows what? someone else is going to be. I just wanted to say that. Um, well, God, I appreciate that. Good. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I wish I had time to talk about Forgiveness 101, Class 101 today. And the best person to show us how to forgive was Jesus himself. 
and if and if and if he formed us in his image and conformed us into the image of his son we have to take lessons from jesus and and when you look at calvary um um uh jesus taught us how to forgive and y'all sometimes we need to go back and and review review the lesson plan of what happened at calvary and how Jesus was able to able to overcome forgiveness and, and making a way for us to forgive as his children. And I understand that we struggle with that. Y'all, there's some stuff that some folks have done to me in my life. I thought about killing them every day. Now, now listen to this. I didn't say I do everything that comes across my mind. I said I thought about it. <laughs> you know, uh, and the, I know as a man thinking, so is he. But, however, um, you don't do everything that comes across your mind. And so everything is a process, and that's where growth comes in as in your relationship with God. The truth of the matter is God is tired of us being spoiled brats. God wants us to grow up and be strong believers. So every now and then he knocks you down so he can pick you up. Every now and then he allows you to be afflicted so he can show you how he can lift it. Every now and then God denies you what you want so he can give you what you need. Every now and then God will close the door so he can open the window. Every now and then God will allow you to hit rock bottom so you'll realize he is the rock at the bottom. Even in the midst of Job's suffering and Job uh, 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 dealing with his friends, his triangular triad of thinkers uh, uh, that, that, that who, were, who were literally hypocrites that said to him, you, you must have did this, you must have did that. Let me tell you something. You don't have to do nothing wrong for, for things to happen to you in your life. You, you can be in church every Sunday. You can, be, you can be in praise and worship. You can lift your hands. You can be doing what the Lord tells you to do. You can be like the disciples, sailing in the direction the Lord told them to sail, and a storm will still come in your life. I wish you had me a witness here. <laughs> oh, you got a witness here. Hey, I heard it before you said it. <laughs> Hold on, is that Lisa? Yes, I, I, I knew it. How you doing, sister? You want me to go first? You, you can. You can. Okay, thank you. So yeah. wait a second. Oh my God, you. This this whole declaration was just so awesome. You know what I keep hearing? The evidence is in our praise. You get what I'm saying? Because for me, hey. when um when when I, you know, was hindered and has been hindered in um um the forgiveness, you know, let go of, of, you know, holding people hostage and whatnot, right? But when I realized that it, when he showed me that the evidence was in my praise, when I praised God and blessed them, you know, and was getting out of my feelings, I mean, whenever it came up, I was like, nope, 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 I can't be mad no more, God, I ask you to bless them. I ask you to bless they going and coming, Lord Jesus, you know, whatever the case may be, right? And then, do I say he was showing me, he would reveal to me my immaturity, how it was me, my house, you know, how it was my lack of, of communication and my lack of, of you know, not how to, um, you know, communicate my feelings. You know, you know God is good when he, when he does these things. But when I know he is, listen, I pray. That if it's, come on, y'all, he done told it to us over and over again. We are the evidence, you know what I'm saying, of it. God is, and that's what I'm just, you know, hearing and seeing right now as I'm on my way, you know, to God be praised. And then I thought about this. 
when you also said about looking the Bible of how he forgave, you know, and I remember seeing this little thing, I think it was on TikTok, whatever the case may be, but it was about Peter, it was about Peter and um, um, Judas, okay, Pete Gang, okay, God, he forgave them both, but Judas wasn't invited to the upper room, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't invited to the upper room, so I, I, I noticed that, okay, everybody ain't invited. But I gotta forgive him, you know? He ain't telling me I gotta invite you and be around you and, you know, like, come on, but I gotta forgive you. Glory be to God. Because, because God did. He forgave him. You know, God be praised. I'm sorry y'all just got so excited. Um, no, that's all right. That's all right. In. God be praised. That's all right. Listen, stop, stop trying to take everybody with you, y'all. Stop trying. I know you want everybody to go with you, but everybody's not meant to go with you. Everybody's not meant to be in your space and all of that. And 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 I'm 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 I'm, I'm on Friday uh, for the Apostolic Convention, the State Convention. I'm teaching all the ministers of the state on sermon structure. And one thing, the sermon that I chose to teach them was called "A Testimony of a Wasted Life," meaning Judas. Uh, and three points I came up with that was he deceived the saints, he despised the Savior, and he destroyed his soul. And so I'm teaching them how to build that sermon. So you, you see how he played the part of a perfect actor and stuff, but Jesus still loved him even in spite of. He still loved him. He knew what Judas was going to do to him, and yet he still loved him all the way to the cross. Y'all, we still have to love people all the way to the cross. We still have to love them. Even despite what we go through, and y'all, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I know some of y'all got some folk in your life that's done did some stuff to you, that's done said some stuff about you. Baby, you got to let it go because guess what? It ain't adding to your life. It ain't adding to your days. And, and, and I know it's hard, but you got to figure out a way in the grace of God to give it to God and let God do what God is going to do in your life. Because, because it, 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 it ain't helping you. It ain't helping you. And you've got to move past it. You've got to find a way to move past it. Um, uh, and, and that's why I made the statement about relationships. The reason your, old, your new relationship looks like your old relationship is because you, you're still carrying the hurt from your old relationship and your new relationship. And you've got to stop that. You've got to let that stuff go. Stop thinking that he or she going to do you like the last one did you or whatnot and give him or give her a chance to do what you need to do with each other. I mean, we have to grow. We don't want to grow. Some of us are satisfied with being like we are and staying where we are, and, y'all, it's time for us to grow. Pastor Lavelle. It is I. This is Gloria again. Hello? Yes. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I'm going to um I just want to remind remind I, as a reminder, we, we did uh a forgiveness workbook and one of the things that helps me when I start getting in that place of I don't wanna just forgive, I don't wanna move forward. It's, uh, the the main paramount of that book is take whatever it is that you're trying to hold against somebody else to the call. Was the cross of Christ strong enough, the sacrifice Jesus gave, 
wasn't strong enough to to cleanse and forgive all of the sins of mankind. So then that means anything anybody has done to us, his his sacrifice is strong enough to give forgiveness for that. If he can forgive yours, then he forgives everybody else's. And that's, for me, that's the lens that I have to continuously take whenever I'm getting out of my mind, I don't feel like being bothered with folks, and I wanna, I wanna nail them. I have to remember he was nailed for all of our sins, and if his sins, his, his death forgives my sins, it's good enough and strong enough for theirs too. Going back ain't on that, ain't that selfish that we're willing to, we, we won't forgive us, but we won't ask for forgiveness? I mean, but, but we don't want to give them nobody else? Hey, this is Lisa. Um, hey. hey. Um, I was cracking up because I knew after you finished your little short uh, dissertation, you were going to say, I was, I, was to have you with I was so ready to say it. If you didn't, I was going to say it, but Moxie jumped in. It was just you so know funny. me, don't you, Lisa? <laughs> I was just so, like, right there, right there in it. Um, are you going to stream that, that, that little um, sermon you're going to teach to the apostles? I want to be in there. I want to hear it. Um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to stream, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna stream it live on, on I think okay. it's Saturday, Saturday morning. And I've got about 100 preachers, male and female, uh, okay. that want to learn sermon structure. In. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good, good, good. And I, I'm just, I'm honored that they chose me. They like the way I structure sermons and the way I preach. So you do a good job, for, sir. You do. Yeah. You do. Thank you. So you for the bishop, well. the, the presiding so bishop of the, of the victory room, uh, huh? you going to put that stream link in the victory room for I, I will. I will. And I'm Thank honored you. for the presiding bishop of the PCAFI, Bishop Gates, who will be here from Indianapolis, um, asked me to do this, him and Bishop Troy Dockery. So I am, I am honored, you know, that they love the way I preach. So, Amen. So, yeah. I wonder if yeah. this, um, there, there is so much about forgiveness, and, and I know that um, we know what the word says about it. You know, um, we can't be forgiven unless we forgive, and we understand that concept. Um, truth is, we are so in our humanity that until we get to the point where we literally can forgive like Christ did, right, because we have to realize that we are having a human experience, but we are spiritual beings, right? And until we rely on the power of Holy Spirit to do the work in us, and we are all at different levels, right, we have to rely on him to do the work in and through us. And as long as we're trying to do it in our soulless realm, our intellect, our emotions, and our own regular feelings, right, our intellect, our emotions, and our own will, because we have a choice to do that, that's the thing we have to relinquish. Again, soulless, that human body and the soul, our intellect, our emotions, and our will. The spirit is the thing that's going to follow with our right? The Holy Spirit is the thing that's going to give us the power to really be able to forgive in the way that's pleasing before the Lord. So we have to be, to be able to have to watch our words, right? I'm just really learning that in my own journey as where God has taken me to do what I'm called to do in life, being careful with my words. People are really, really sensitive. They're triggered by our words. And I know we don't mean no harm when we say let it go. The reality of it is that's what it boils down to. 
right? But letting it go really means giving it to God. And people say, well, what does that mean? And how do you do that? And, you know, let God do it and all that stuff. Truth is, we need people to continue to speak life into us. God does it, but he uses people to do it, to speak life into us, to show us how to walk this thing out called life. This is a body ministry. He's coming back for his body. That's his words, not mine. He chose that for us to be helpers one to another, iron sharpening iron, and us to strengthen one another. And I think when we realize how much we really need each other, we're all in this thing together. And I think when we learn how to really love one another in a way that matters, that keeps no record of wrong, and we realize when one part of the body hurts that we're all hurting and suffering, I mean, really get it? First Corinthians kind of love, get it? then we'll start to see a difference. Word talks about by this will they know that we're his disciples by the love we have one towards another. I think when we can start loving and covering one another instead of exposing one another in the midst of their stuff, right, then we'll start to see a big difference. And then we can really learn how to love one another. Unfortunately, we've been hurting other people when we're hurting. And we don't even realize it. Going back to your text, until Job prayed for his friends who were really trying to help, he did have a support DD group, but they were off just as much as like Job. He didn't even recognize that he needs to go through some stuff, too, even though he was declared before God even started that he was righteous. He still had to stop and come to him and himself when he was saying, I was like, I have done nothing. I pretty much have been blameless. What have I done? Naked I came into this world, naked I'm going to return. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He never cursed God, but he still had to stop and come to the end and pray. And until he prayed for his friends that had wronged him, nothing changed. So he still learned something, even in all the great things he had done. So that's still a great lesson for us. We can think we're perfect to the extent, and nobody is but Christ. But there's always something for us to learn, how we still need each other. We need to cover one another. Right, and what they needed, Lisa, was his prayer. They needed Job's prayer, prayer and that's what Come he on. gave them. Yeah. Yes, and then God turned it around. Right. Yep, and just like right. Judas, right, Jesus still prayed for him <laughs> to the end, right? Just like Peter, look, I prayed for you. Satan desired to sit you as we, but I prayed for you. And after you've been converted, go and strengthen your brothers. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate it. Word, awesome word. Thank you. All right, y'all. This is so good. Uh, anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone let, else? Let me jump in. I, I got kicked out. Let me jump back in for sure. I just, Pastor Lavelle, I just want you reminded me of something you said and, and uh, some time ago, you know, when my son was suffering uh, from depression and all this other stuff, and I, we just prayed for him, and I believe God for whatever God's answer was going to be, whatever it was, because I can't see. He's he's Alpha and Omega. And my son called me, and he said, Ma, where's your Sunday school book? And I said, oh, it's here. He said, okay, I'm going to get it because I'm going to Sunday school on Sunday. And I was like, oh, okay. He was like, yeah. And then when he came back from Sunday school, he had he was so excited about the word. He was so excited to be able to, be able to uh, have input. So the way that we sow seeds don't always look the same, but the harvest is always a harvest. So I thank God. That's that's just my testimony that the seed I sowed that my son, you know, will 
come to know Christ for himself. So he'll know when to call on him and how to call on him in the time where now not is he that depression see that the enemy thought he had. The Lord turned it around and gave him joy in the midst of his name. So that's my testimony, and thank you for reminding me. That's my second win, to see my son triumph uh, in coming back to life and thriving. Wow. I think all of us have a million stories and a million testimonies of people who have done us wrong and and what we've been through as believers and stuff and how hard it has been. And, and we can go on all day long, but the truth of the matter is, what and, and, and being believers, we have to learn how to lean on God. And and when we talk about giving it to giving it to God, we have to give it to God. We have to give it to God. And and we really we really have to 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 learn that. And I know we talk about it. We talk about it, but it's it, we're going to literally have to do it and learn, learn the process of doing it. And that's what yeah. Jesus did. He put it in the hands of the Father. He, 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 gave, he, he gave it to the Lord. He gave it to the Lord. Give it he to put, him and not put, take he, it back. And, and you, have, you have to give it to the Lord and not take it back. And you have to learn how to put it in the hands of the Lord. So everyone on the line, I know, I know forgiveness is, is rough and tough sometimes, um, and, and, and in your humanness, I, I, I get it, I get it, but everything is a process. Everything is a process. Everything is a process. And, and, and things don't happen overnight. Amen? When you take it back, keep, give, keep giving it to him. When you keep taking it back, keep hey. giving it to him. <laughs> right, right. Keep right. giving it to him because we're going right. to keep taking it back. Keep giving it to him. And learn right. how to apply the word to our lives. It is alive and powerful. Right, right, right. Right, Pastor Bessie Scoggins preached for me yesterday, and she talked about it will never run dry. Oh, my God, she preached the word. It will never run out. It will never run dry And um, uh, at my Sacramento church. Um, and, y'all, that's what we have to lean on, y'all. If, 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 if we, we talk about... We, we, we talk Christianity by the mile, but we won't live it by the inch. We talk a good game when it comes to Christianity, a good game. Oh, I can't get no help in the house, but okay. I mean, I mean, it's very, very important, y'all, as believers, all right? All right, y'all, it's almost 8 o'clock. I'm tired of y'all. I'm, I'm, I, Didi, I'm, I'm sick of this church. I'm tired of this church. Ain't that what the little boy said? All right. Any anyone else? Anyone else before we close out? No. All right. May God bless you. May God keep you. Let's not forget tomorrow night is TNT Bible study and uh prayer is at five thirty on this line. So I'm looking for everyone to get on if you can and uh, invite someone. Uh we're having a good time in the Lord, all right? I love everyone. Have a wonderful day. Have a blessed day. And uh, we'll talk tomorrow on the line. Be blessed. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Have a blessed day, everyone. Love you. Have a blessed day, everybody. God bless you.
Everybody, we love you. Y'all have a blessed, blessed Monday.